Welcome to another episode of Sustainability Changemakers. On this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Shannon Reddy. She is a denim designer and trend forecaster for Denim Dudes. We talked about what it looks like to operate in the field of trends while also pushing sustainability uh, to the forefront. So these things that are often conflictual kind of come to a head and Shannon helps us understand how maybe the way that we think of trends as, you know, a seasonal collection could be wrong, how really they're looking at the psychology behind it. Thank you so much and please enjoy. Hello, welcome to another episode of Sustainability Changemakers. We're here with Shannon Reddy. I'm so excited for this conversation. So why don't you just go ahead and tell us about how you've come to work in the STEM space and what your role and your expertise are in this area. Sure, yeah. Thank you for having me as well. So I currently work at Denim Dudes, and my position is as a trend forecaster, writer, and designer. We, we wear a lot of hats at Denim Dudes, but I kind of came into this position because I, I wanted to study fashion. I went to uh, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising here in LA, and I studied design and product development, and I went into the industry doing sales and marketing for a women's contemporary brand, and after about a year, I was like, this isn't it for me. And while I was in school, I constantly was drawn towards the casual wear market and denim specifically. I ended up going back to school because Fidum launched a business of denim program. So I was like, this was meant to be, this is it. So got really entrenched in the whole world of denim through that program. And then I actually was fortunate enough to go to Amsterdam for a Kingpins show, like 2018 back, you know, before COVID and everything. And that's where I met Amy Leverton, who's now my boss. I saw her presenting and I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. Because I've always been so kind of fascinated by trend. And then it's more like the human aspect and the sociology behind why are people wearing what they're wearing? Why is the industry doing what it's Mm -hmm. doing? Uh, So Mm -hmm. after I finished the denim program, I reached out to her and um, it started out as kind of like an intern slash assistant and grew into sort of a mentorship. And now... I've been full time with her for about four or five years now. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. And I was really lucky to kind of find this niche, I think for myself. Yeah. No, I love that. I, you, you saw what you liked and you, you got your foot in the door and now you've been working there. That's fabulous. So yeah, I think we often, you know, trends, we see them portrayed in like a negative light oftentimes because it implies that like something's coming in and it's going to go out and mm-hmm. be thrown out. So how do you reconcile like working with trends and sustainability? It's a tricky one. I almost feel like the word trend is a bit of a dirty word now these days. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because we mm-hmm. sort of think about it as future forecasting and you know, what, what is that future going to look like in terms of, you know, society, culture and everything, and then distill that down into how that affects denim. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting, you know, sustainability doesn't just relate to the environment. A lot of people, I think, associate Mm -hmm. it with environmental sustainability, but it's also, you know, social, cultural, economic. Mm -hmm. So those are a lot of big points we touch on when we do sort of consumer trends and present to brands and everything. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because I think over the last 10 years, the landscape of trend forecasting has changed a lot. It's deepened in some ways. 
the way we've seen sort of pop culture deepen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's much more tied, like I said, to social, environmental issues and movements, the global economy. Whereas 10 years ago, it could be about, you know, this celebrity or nowadays influencer mm -hmm. wore this jean and now it's trending. Mm -hmm. uh, for an example, you know, like, you know, Bella Hadid wore baggy jeans. Now baggy jeans searches are up 20%, which does happen. Mm -hmm. But it's also the, the deeper part of why are baggy jeans trending? It's because, you know, the noughties and 90s that was brought in by Gen Z and their kind of craving for nostalgia brought in that baggy mm -hmm. jean trend. And you can take it a step further and even interpret that as, you know, women really taking on baggy jeans for the first time in decades is kind of like, in, in my opinion, like a response to the male gaze we've all been subliminally subjected mm -hmm. to and can be as a tool against objectification and we're reclaiming what we think is, is sexy and cool. So, you know, it goes a lot deeper than I think people think it does. And then again, when talking about brands who may be trending and in terms of sustainability, mm -hmm. there are great examples out there, I think, of brands who center sustainability culturally, ethically, you know, everything at the center. Think of like Sky High Workwear, who just got a deal with Nordstrom, actually. And that that brand was born out of a mission to support the farm and, you know, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good example of like it's a new model for a brand. And it's kind of proves mm -hmm. sticking with your convictions actually is appealing to the consumer. Um, so you can you can reinvent the wheel a little bit and it can work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Basically, it sounds like you're saying so almost like the, the 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 darker side of trends that's like always shifting or pushing something to the top. It's almost like sustainability is is using that for the better and changing the focus from you know whatever X Y Z to oh no it's sustainability that's that's at the top of this totem pole. And then also what I hear from you is that you're saying also like trend forecasting can be something that's that that's future focused and that's building up over a long period of time and even though to like consumers it could seem like oh just like spring collection of 2023 mm -hmm. but really it's like years of of where society was headed to anyway and just maybe operating in that space for longer like maybe we don't we don't see this from our end but it's happening behind the scenes exactly it's kind of like you know it really is like the zeitgeist of the time and that is what mm. pushes fashion forward especially denim denim's always been so intertwined with you know it's a sign of the times the way people are wearing denim the mm. way they're remaking it decorating it everything like that so it's it's interesting because sustainability, like I said, whether it's like cultural, you know, environmental, it kind of really is the base of everything that we do. You know, whether it's it's talking about mm -hmm. talking to brands about like alternative business models and degrowth and these things mm -hmm. that are very counterintuitive to what you think mm -hmm. trend forecasting is. A lot of people think it's just, oh, what silhouettes and what washes are going to be trending for next season? How can I sell more jeans? And that kind of was the basis of it. But I think at, at Denim Dude, since we are so entrenched in the denim industry and we know mm -hmm. how brands work and what the mm -hmm. consumer wants, we kind of were able to push deeper conversations and deeper topics. And then just as the world's changing, it's 
I think that's needed. You know, consumers need to be educated about clothing. And so things, things are just getting deeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That trends can deal with models and not just a watch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what are some trends that you can tell us about that are happening on the B2B side of things? Well, it's, it's interesting. There's always a lot and something we found just by working in the industry. And then when COVID happened is that there's so much going on in the supply chain. There's so many moving parts. And when you're in a full-time design position, you don't have time to keep up on the latest innovation. What is this wash house doing? What are these mills doing? And so we actually created a report specifically for um, denim design teams and then also the supply chain to keep up on, on what's new and with each other. So we do have a report that focuses specifically on like B2B supply chain trends. And a couple mm -hmm. of interesting things that we reported on this season was kind of like a system reboot and really kind of overhauling these mm -hmm. old systems and old ways of thinking and doing things that a lot of, you know, I think companies and brands have been doing. I think not on the B2B side, on the, you know, B2C side, like Patagonia, for example, completely just... Mm -hmm rewrote the rules in terms of what a successful company can be and the legacy it can leave for the earth. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, yeah, just a few more. There's a lot of like inter-industry collaboration happening and streamlining yeah. of supply chains in order to increase transparency. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot more change that needs to happen on that side, but I think the the ball is rolling now. The ball is rolling and I think what we've seen, especially since COVID, is that a lot of people, you know, you want to keep business as usual and you want to, you know, push for higher profit margins and expand production capacity, but do it more sustainably. However, mm -hmm. you realize the system itself is not sustainable and that's that's what you have mm -hmm. to shift. And so there, I think there has been a shift in, in seeing people implement sustainable production and really push to do better, but they're hard topics, you know, talking about re-implementing structure and, you know, degrowth producing less. They're, they're hard topics for an industry that is based on production and growth and consumption. It's, it's like the duality yeah. of it all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. Um, yeah. Something to think about. And you know, it's interesting too the perspective you have working at Denim Dudes and kind of getting your hand in a lot of different areas. So are there some projects that you've worked on at Denim Dudes that have helped towards the industry's sustainability goals that you can tell us about? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned before, our denim directory reports really aim at, we work with mills from all over the world, vendors from all over the world. Denim Privé is one of them. And we really try to cut through the marketing language and make everything as easy to understand and quick to read as possible for designers. So you don't get caught up in any greenwashing and there's no, you know, nothing is left to, op you know, open to interpretation. So all the facts about the fabrics, the processes, everything is there. And it's also a really good starting point for designers to be able to ask the right questions. Because like I said, there's so much going on in our industry. Every mill, you know, has a speciality or something, you know, some capability that someone else might not have. And designers just don't know what to ask for a lot of times in terms of sustainability, because things are constantly changing as well. A couple of things, we've done several design collaborations with mills and wash houses, and 
it's all been aimed at you know exemplifying what you can do with sustainable wash technologies and how far you can kind of push those aesthetics and, and what you can get out of them but it's interesting because what we've learned is that there's still a lot of room to grow <laughs> and and some processes needed to create you know i want to say like those viral moment worthy denim washes the sustainable mm -hmm. technology yeah. just isn't quite there yet which is almost a good thing because it means there's room to improve, there's room to grow. I mean, it would be horrible if there were, if everything was available to us and we just weren't using it yet, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which also makes me think of an interesting point because a lot of those, you know, really exaggerated finishes and heavily textured surfaces and, and the really like eye-catching high fashion finishes, yeah, the technology is just not there for to, to make them sustainably and it's kind of something we ponder at denim dudes where it's like what's better for the environment is it a hundred thousand pairs of jeans that were washed with you know pp alternatives and, and stone alternatives that are the consumer might keep for a season there's nothing special about them or you know a thousand pairs of the most epic jeans handcrafted maybe we used pp maybe it was necessary to use some chemicals but, you know, the mm -hmm. water filtration methods, yeah, everything in production is clean. And those pairs are coveted and treasured and mm -hmm. taken care of for years and years to come. So it's, mm -hmm. again, a tricky balance because it's, I think mass production has a lot to do with the problem. If we were mm -hmm. producing less mm -hmm. and we couldn't use the most sustainable processes, it might not be as bad for the environment as mass production using some more sustainable methods. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's always a good point. There's definitely the shift is not just there's a, there's a need for a shift not just on the the producer side but also on the consumer side with that with that element as well. So, yeah. And that's where we we sit at an interesting intersection with denim dudes because you know mm -hmm. our our clients and our main main bulk of our business is working with denim mills, denim brands and kind of behind the scenes but we've kind of amassed this Instagram following that is a mix of both, you know, industry members and then just consumers and denim heads and people who are genuinely interested in the fashion industry. And I think we've seen that a lot on social media where there are accounts who their main goal is to educate consumers about responsible production, you know, just letting people in on the fashion industry because it's something that, you know, everybody wakes up every day and we put on clothes. It's something everybody does, but not a lot of people know how your t-shirt is made or how your jeans are made. So I think the level of information that's now getting out to consumers is great and, and they're interested because it's almost like a little how it's made on, on something in your closet, yeah. a lot of, you know, these social media channels. So I think the kind of re-education for consumers is getting there mm -hmm. and hopefully once it is there, the, the buck will kind of stop being passed on like, is it the consumer's responsibility to make sustainable purchases? Is it the brand's responsibility? Just do things sustainably. So I think, yeah, once everybody mm -hmm. is kind of on the same page about how things work, you know, more, more shifts in, in a positive direction will be able to take place. Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's definitely why the conversation around transparency is so prevalent too like even yeah even on the denim purvey side you know a lot of fun innovations and you know a lot of creativity and effort can be put into a lot of things but if 
if it's not communicated, like how will anybody know? Like, and you know, how will those, those methods be supported? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely hear you on that. Yeah. Def- hopefully this podcast is, we're trying to help bridge that gap definitely between consumer producer and behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and- yeah. No. And I, and I think, you know, it's, I was reading something about social media s- statistics the other day, and there was something like 60% of users who go on Instagram and TikTok want to learn something. So I think that's also interesting because it's not just these, you know, endless scrolling of what your friends did over the weekend. Like people generally want to be taking in information and yeah, there's, there's so many platforms that are just, they're growing and they're educating consumers, not only about, you know, how things are made, but about the supply chain and the pitfalls and, and just all the little nuances of the industry that people otherwise Mm -hmm. would have no idea about. So yeah. And, you know, since you do operate at Denim Dudes kind of in this space with, you know, where consumers are following you, just denim heads and also producers, can you tell us a bit about how you approach marketing and storytelling to stay truthful and transparent, but still approachable? Right. Yeah. So marketing is a tough one because in terms of, you know, environmental sustainability, that's where greenwashing comes into play a lot. And I think the best thing I guess a a brand or a supplier can do is to just be honest. And the fact that, you know, no one is a hundred percent sustainable because if, if they were things, you know, things would be a lot different. It's just to be honest. And I think it was back in my gosh, like 2018, I think Noah was the first brand that I remember who did it, who put out the statement of like, we are not sustainable. (laughs) Like these are, you know, we're producing clothing, therefore we're not sustainable, but these are the things we're working towards to be sustainable. And then following that, I mean, there was a massive amount of brands who came out and did the same thing. And I think it was kind of interesting how the the brands who were truly focused on sustainability and doing better are the ones who came out and, and were very transparent and very honest about these are our carbon emissions. We are not sustainable. We're working on it. And I think just again, honesty and transparency, it resonates with mm-hmm. consumers these days. And and that's sort of a trend you're seeing everywhere from the more like lo-fi, less highly curated Instagram posts. Like people just want realness and honesty because we know at this point, mm-hmm. you know, we've all seen the news about H&M and Shein. Like most consumers know at this point that the fashion industry is not great for the planet. Um, so I think just, mm-hmm. just being honest about your environmental mm-hmm. impact and, and what you want to do to change that, to move forward. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know, in terms of cultural and social sustainability, that I would think more on a brand side is about, you know, the collaborations. And if you're a big brand using your platform to give a smaller brand or creative a voice to tell their story. It was last year, UGG collaborated with Tremaine Emery from Denim Tears and that was, it was a really beautiful collaboration because they said, you tell your story. We don't, we don't know this. Like, this isn't our history. This is your history. You tell the story. And then they, you know, did the collaboration and then backed up all of that storytelling by donating to nonprofits that were going back into the community whose story he was telling to begin with. So it's really mm-hmm. these rounded out things of it's not, it, it, there has to be action, I guess, behind behind the marketing and behind the storytelling. I mean, in the supply chain, we see it a lot too, where, you know, 
mills are allotting land to be turned into farmland for workers. And, you know, I know Denim Reve mm -hmm. just like planted all their trees, you know, so things like that. It's kind of mm -hmm. also about sustaining the community and with, with which you mm -hmm. operate in, especially as a supply mm -hmm. chain member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up. I think sometimes it gets overlooked, you know, that where these these mills are operating, like they're directly impacting like a local mm -hmm. community as well. And, and what that looks like and how that, that may be less flashy in some ways, but that's maybe more what sometimes needs to get done because that's where they're physically existing. Absolutely. Yeah. No, thanks. Thank you for bringing that up. And then, you know, now that you, you know, we've had a, yeah, I just love how much I've learned and I guess I'm just curious to ask you, like now that you've been in this industry, kind of seeing different sides, doing different roles, what are some things that have like surprised you? And this could be like in a good way and also in a bad way from, you know, before you were behind the scenes and sure. in depth in the denim. Yeah, I guess a couple things that surprised me. One is, I mean, it is such a small, tight knit community. It's like everyone is, mm -hmm. there's one degree of separation between most people. You know, you either know somebody <laughs> or you know someone who knows someone who worked with someone. So that's always really fun because going to, you know, denim trade shows or any sort of industry events, it is like this giant extended family kind of coming together. Mm -hmm. um, and also the, the passion. I feel like people don't realize mm -hmm. just how passionate about denim, you know, the denim <laughs> is. Cause, I mean, it's such a beautiful, yeah. unique textile and in so many ways so I was really surprised to, to see that I'd kind of heard like you know yeah people stick around mm -hmm. denim brands and you'll see the same people I'm like okay and now it's funny because I see people who I went to school with working for different brands and we're seeing each other at trade shows and it's like wow you know it's it really is mm -hmm. like a, a small town which is nice and yeah. I guess some things uh, the not so great things that surprised me I think is really in any part of the fashion industry, once you're pre-product and experience the supply chain and you know about the production methods and mass production, it's it gets a little disheartening to really learn what the fashion industry's impact on the environment, planet, people has been for the last however many years. But it does give me hope. And I think that just the transparency that like social media has brought to the world, it does give me hope that things can change. But, you know, I think we all learned through the pandemic that also the supply chains are so complex. It's there's so many moving parts. So I think it's it's a good and a bad thing, you know, that it's so complex. Mm -hmm. Denim, you know, you need all the washes, the finishes, like there's so many little parts to it. But it's also why it's so hard to make these big shifts and massive changes because, you know, you need to implement sustainability in every little piece of the supply chain. It's not just like making one change here and all of a sudden we're sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think sometimes, I mean, since you brought up social media, you know, we, we see so much, so there's so much transparency in that regard, but I think sometimes we also, it's easy to lose sight that just because I can open my phone up and like see a video of some girl trying on clothes in Italy or something doesn't mean that like Italy isn't far away or that like, right. you know, cause sometimes we lose the physicality, like in order for the genes to get inside of my home, like what had to happen, like a lot of physical movement, like a lot of things had to go into that. So yeah. um, no, I think that that makes sense. And it's funny because 
who kind of my friends and family, you know, who aren't in the fashion industry, I always try to explain to them that every garment is technically handmade. You know, there is somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's a seamless that was made on a machine, you know, yeah, you know, there is a human behind multiple humans, lots of humans behind every single Mm -hmm. clothing. And I think once you start think of thinking about it like that, and especially when you think about price points and you think about how many people touched this garment before I -hmm. bought it, I think that really helps to hammer home how, how many people and places are affected by the garments you wear. Yeah. I've said that to a lot of different friends. They're like, wow, I've never thought about it like that. And I was like, you should, you should think about every purchase Mm -hmm. like that. That someone handmade that somewhere because they, they did, they were sewing it by hand. That's still how our Mm -hmm. jeans are made. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, that's probably going to say, if you think of like how many hands have touched yeah. this, I'll definitely think of that. Yeah. 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 Well, wow. Thank you so much. I'm also thinking about how, you know, when you're younger and you're growing all the time, it's it's like easier to not think about the impact of your clothing because you're like, well, I grew out of it. So I just, I need, I need another size. Like I just grew out of it. But in our adult life, it's like, I don't have that, ex- that, I don't know, excuse so much. So, you know, what I have now, I'll probably have in 20 years. Right, exactly. And I think that that's also shifting as well. People are, I see it in myself too. I'm I'm buying more investment pieces that I'm going to want in 20 years, you know, and, and spending a little mm-hmm. bit more for something that will last. And I think, you know, because a lot of what we consume are, are wants and not needs. So I think it's, it's, we have to retrain ourselves as well. So I think, I think the major shifts in the industry, they're going to come from both the consumers and the, the supply chain and brands. I think it's, it's going to have to be a collaborative effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us. You're definitely right to say that the Dunham community is passionate. So I would just like to end with that note that there's, yeah, people endlessly working to make it more sustainable. Mm-hmm and more beautiful. <laughs> hey, you know, we're all creatives and we're passionate about this and we want to do this. And, you know, we have to make a living somehow. And, and we're lucky enough to be able to be in an industry that we love. I think the best thing we can do is try to make it better and try to leave, leave a better, you know, planet. It's funny. I heard a quote the other day. I might misquote it. I'm pretty sure it was, it's from like, you know, an Oscar Wilde book. It's one of those quotes. Um, But it was like, you know, we don't inherit land and the earth from our ancestors. You know, we preserve it for our children and for our descendants. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's funny because I've I've just been looking, looking at my life through that lens. And I Mm -hmm. think if we all kind of look through it at that lens, like we're, we're, we should be stewards of this land. We're here for a finite amount of time Mm -hmm. and then it's going to go to our children. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how do we leave it? better for them. So I think, yeah, if we all just kind of move through the industry and move forward with that in mind, I think really positive things will come out of it. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just end it there and have a great, great rest. Awesome. Thank you. You too. It was really, really nice chatting. Before you go, I just want to thank you for listening and engaging with the platform. Please share the podcast, rate us, or write a review on wherever you choose to listen. This is really helpful to spread the word about denim, fashion, and our sustainability efforts. If you want to stay in touch, please reach out via our social media channels or visit our website to download Denim Purvey's yearly sustainability report 
or our monthly newsletter so you can stay informed on the denim industry's sustainability efforts. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.